If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Someone said, Shannon Sharp don't mess with black women. My grandmother told me something when I was a little boy. She said, boy, never chase a lie. Come on. I got black kids! That's what I said. I said, that baby's black, black. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice, that's why All my life, I've been grinding all my life yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle pay the price Want a slice? Got to roll the dice, that's why All my life, I've been grinding all my life Looking for a super offer on Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook have you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHANNON. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code SHANNON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Hello, welcome to another episode of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. 
And the young lady that's stopping by for conversation on a drink today is one of the best love comedians. She's one of the most decorated actors. She won an Oscar, a Golden Globe. She's a British Academy Film Theater and Arts Award. She's a Scripps Howard Guild winner, NAACP Image Award winner. She's been nominated for a Primetime Emmy and a Grammy. She's a talented host, executive producer, writer, and an author, a versatile entertainer, a famed Hollywood star, a powerful name in the industry, a veteran stand-up comedian, a mother, a wife, a legend, the one, the only, Monique. Wow. Wow. No one does that better, baby. Do it again. (laughs) Say all that again, baby. Hello, welcome to another episode of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shadow Shaw. Come on now, put them damn cars down and read all that again. Oh, brother, thank you. Thank you. When we start by, I want to toast you for your amazing, amazing career. Not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera and your stand-up career. Monique, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you for having me, brother Shay Shay. Thank you. Better drink some water after that one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Yes, indeed. Let me just say this before we start. Yeah. This right here. Yeah. I'm going to talk right to the sisters. One sip. (laughs) Get you right there. (laughs) Now, I'm back to you, Shay. I'm back to you, baby. That's enough for me, baby. But, oh, sisters, if you're trying to make up with your man, if you're trying to get pregnant, this right here, Shannon Sharp, one sip. Take care of all your woes. Baby, that thing right there. Okay. Moni, when you hear everything that I read on the card, what goes through your mind when you hear that? What goes through my mind when I hear you read that? I'm humbled by that. I'm grateful for that. Um, I've been allowed to share a gift because that's what it is. But when you start reading that, there's a part that says, who is he talking about? And there's another part that says, I'm grateful that I was able to put that work in Mm -hmm. to achieve those things, but all with humility. You said you want, we were talking off camera. You said, I want to get something. There's something yes. I want to share with you yes. and I need to get it off my chairs early. Cause that's why I'm looking at you now. Like, why are you going into that? Cause I told you we could not talk till I dealt with you. Okay, listen. Okay. So let me say this to you. The day I watched Skip Bayless okay. lose himself with you. And that's what he did. He lost himself. And when I watched Skip Bayless say to you, put them goddamn glasses back on, boy. Now, I know he didn't say goddamn and boy, but that's what everybody heard. And I was waiting for you to snatch his ass across that table, (laughs) baby, and give it to him. I was like, Shannon, this is the perfect time. I don't condone violence. I don't say be violent. But that day, I was in my feelings for two days. Me and my grandbaby could not watch you for two days. And my husband had to say, Mama, let's talk about this. Look at Shannon Shaw. He retired in 2004, but he could still get on that field and run touchdowns, tackles, everything. Had he snatched Skip Bayless across that table, he would have died in Shannon's arms that day. Right. So Brother Shay Shay handled that right. Now we can talk. (laughs) Okay? I just had to get that off of me because I know everybody around the world heard what I heard. No, he didn't say them words, but we heard it in his mind. And we was looking for you to say space and opportunity, Skip. Space and opportunity. That's that, that's that be more coming out of you. You know what? That's the, your Aunt Mary coming out of me. <laughs> that's your Aunt Mary coming out of me, baby. I got an aunt named Mary Nell. Monique, you and her are a spitting image. I remember the very first time I saw you and my sister and I, we were talking. And my sister looked at me and I looked at her. I said, 
she's a spitting image of my aunt Mary, and you are, you are. Hopefully, we're gonna put pictures up when we when we run this. So you're from Baltimore, yes. And I read everything that I read when you were growing up in Baltimore. What did a young Monique want to be? Just what I'm doing right now, baby. You dreamed of this. Just when I tell you, Shannon. From a little girl, I always wanted to be famous. Okay. Because I saw the Jackson Five. Okay. And I saw people screaming for them and hollering. And I'm like, damn it, I want them to scream and holler for me, but I couldn't sing. Right. But I knew somewhere I was going to be famous. Right. So I prayed to the universe, just let me be famous. I didn't understand what all came with that. Mm -hmm. As a little girl. Right. You just see the lights, the glamour, the glitz, and you fall in love with that. So that little girl fell in love with the lights, the glamour, and the, gl the glitz. That little girl fell in love with a woman named Oprah Winfrey oh. on a local talk show in Baltimore mm -hmm. called People Are Talking. And when I looked at that woman, Shannon, I saw me. I saw a big woman with a big head, big shoulders, and big feet. And I said, if that woman can do that, so can I. So that's what that little girl was thinking about from Baltimore. Are you the type of person that if you see someone do something one time, that means it can be done again? Because you saw Oprah do it. You say, well, Oprah doing it. Why can't Monique do it? I think Oprah, when I saw her do it as a little girl, was a push. Mm -hmm. However, had I not seen Oprah, my dreams would have still been my dreams. Okay. But when you see somebody that's inside of that space, because how many big black women are on TV even now? Correct. So back then, you didn't see any big black women on TV that was doing it. So I think had I not seen her, I would have still wanted to do it. But seeing her let me say, okay, it's possible. It's right there. Right. What was Monique like as a little girl? What you seeing right now, baby? Ain't nothing. <laughs> so you always I just got listen, let me tell you something. A lot of people in this industry don't like me, right? Yeah. They didn't like me as a little girl, Shannon. I'm so used to this shit. People didn't <laughs> like me because I was gonna tell it. I'm right. going to tell. I'm going to tell on you. Right. So what you said right now is the same thing you getting. They tried to fight my ass in the twelfth grade, Shannon. They surrounded me, right. a group of them. Okay, wanted to fight on me. Why? Because I told the truth. What you tell? I told I told Andre that that was not Lamar's baby. Because oh, that's what come on, Mo. That's what Lamar. That ain't your place. Let me tell. Wait a minute, oh sugar, you gonna calm yourself down? <laughs> okay. Do you see Shannon losing herself with me? You better back that up, Shannon. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Okay. Okay. I'm a person for right. 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 Mm -hmm. And if you tell me something and you say, Monique, I've done something to somebody, but don't say nothing. Shannon, I'm going to need you to fix that because if you don't fix it, I'm going to have to tell that because it's wrong. So when she tells me this is not his baby, but I'm going to tell him it's his baby. I can't let you do that. That's not right. Wow. So what I stand for is right. And, and I think. Where we run into a problem in our community, mm -hmm. in our group, we get so caught in, well, that's not your place, but you see wrong happening, right? Mm -hmm. So when you see wrong happening, what you do? Do you just stand back and say, that ain't my business? Or do you look and say, well, I knew that wasn't his baby. Now the baby 21 years old and he's trying to find his father. Mm -hmm. What you going to do? I'm asking you, what you going to do? Well, 
Honestly, Monique, if somebody say, well, Shannon, I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to tell you this in confidentiality and I don't want to go any further than me, you and this table. Yes. It stays with me, him and the table. Well, let me say this because I'm going to go back and forth <laughs> with your ass. OK, <laughs> I would say before you tell me, did you hurt somebody? Yeah, OK, yes. Before you tell me, <clears throat> is this something that would make me question your character? Before you tell me, you got to be clear about what you get ready to tell me, because if you're getting ready to tell me something and I know that you've done something wrong. I know that you're wrong and I not say anything. That's why people are allowed to keep harming people for years to come. See Harvey Weinstein? Yes. Well, there's a lot of people that knew what was happening. But they felt it wasn't their place. It wasn't, it wasn't their place. Them. Right. Until it becomes you. So I think the moment we get into a space, and I was in the 11th grade at the time. Right. Okay. But when we get into a space where we say, listen, if I know you're doing wrong, and I take a position that's not my place. Eventually, you will succumb to what you support. What was your relationship with the young lady that told you this in confidentiality? When I'm you could- not going to focus on, I was in 11th grade, now I'm 56. But when she told me, I told her, I'm going to tell. See, I'm that. I'm going to tell him what you said. So we clear. I'm going to tell him what you said because that's not right. Oh, my goodness, Mo. See, I think that's the problem that we're dealing with right now, Shannon. Okay. When we know something is wrong, everything Cat Williams sat here and said. Right. We all know it to be the truth. However, we get so caught up in, well, I ain't going to say nothing. Right. Well, can you believe he said it? Or can you? Or it's the messenger. It's the messenger, baby. We get so caught up in the messenger that will overlook the message. People have a hard time hearing a five foot five giant tell the truth. People have a hard time with a black woman over 200 pounds tell the truth because people that look like us, mm-hmm. we should just be grateful. We got invited to the party. Right. We right. should just be grateful that someone paid us attention. I've dealt with that my whole life. I've dealt with that. Mm -hmm. So when you get to a space where you say, listen, I want to be free. I want to be free. Mm -hmm. I don't want to walk around intimidated, scared, fearful. What might happen? What they going to say? What they going to do? If it's your story and it's the truth, tell it. Because what you can do is be in a position to prevent it happening to someone else over and over and over again. So if I go back to the 11th grade with that sister who's no longer with us, rest her with that sister, I would do that again. Because if you tell me something and we know it's wrong, Mm -hmm. but you're going to pin that on somebody else, is that right? No, it's not right. And what would your Aunt Mary do? (laughs) Man, Monique, I swear, Monique. You're not answering my question. What would your Aunt Mary do? Well, she gonna tell it because you gonna tell anything anyway. So yeah. <laughs> they probably know okay. not to tell her. But that's why you love our Mary yeah. because our Mary kept it in check. Yeah. Even though you didn't want to tell her, right? She was gonna tell that baby. You know that's not your daddy, right? We're not gonna play like that. You love our Mary. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the uniqueness of your name, M O hyphen. Most of the time, Monique is a singular. It's not M O hyphen. What was that like? Because people say, oh, you're trying to be different. You're trying to be bougie. You know good well you spell your name Monique like everybody else spells yes, Monique. I do. That's my stage name. Mm-hmm. 
When I'm not on stage, my name is M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. When I'm on stage, it's M-O, the little hyphen, N-I-Q-U-E. That's just entertainment. Did you not, did you ever think about changing it to the hyphen? No. On stage is one person. Off stage is somebody different. And sometimes we get the two mixed up. Right. On stage, I am an entertainer. Right. Off stage, I'm a wife. I'm a mommy. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm these different people. But I keep that stage on the stage. How much of stage is actually Monique? <laughs> That's good, Shay Shay. That's good. All of the stage is Monique, but there are certain things Monique's going to say on stage that she wouldn't say off the stage. There are certain things on that stage. You know, there have been people that said, oh, she cussed so much. Oh, I'm a performer. I'm an entertainer Mm -hmm. and I'm on stage. But no one will ever find an interview of me doing what I do on stage in an interview like I'm having with you. It's two different things. Right. What type of student was Monique? I read that. You were in, I don't know if this is the correct way, but you were in a, the class that. The slower one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, you, uh, you had a couple. Say it, baby, now. I want you to you say want me it. To say- <sighs> Spell it out. Uh, how about this here? Uh, <laughs> hey. You got two naps. You had two recesses. Okay, okay. And you stayed in the same class. Okay, but I did not wear a helmet. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now, since you want to go there, I did not have to wear that helmet, baby. So, yes. Mon, as, as I sit here with you today, you didn't all of a sudden become this advanced. Why were you in that class? I'm not going to play with you, Shannon. Okay, some of them damn words Kat was using. I was like, what? <laughs> oh. I said, oh, he's sucking it to him. You know, I never connected with school oh, because okay. I always felt like it wasn't adding up. So when you're trying to teach me about the Boston Tea Party, but people that look like me is at the bottom of the boat, I can't connect to what you're saying. I never connected to because I always felt like something was off. What, when they were teaching me about history, we were always the, the savages and we were always mm-hmm. the bad people. And then you saw these white people be all the heroes. And as a little girl, I said, something's not adding up. So I don't look at that as a bad thing. I just didn't connect with it. It made no sense to me. So you never had a problem with the learning, but the disconnect was what what they was teaching and what you actually saw. you like, what you teaching me is not what I actually see. You know what, Shannon? It's a combination. Okay. It was a combination, okay? I wasn't grasping it and I didn't believe it. So it's a combination. And when you have a child that is full of energy and is sitting in a classroom that is closed in all day long and you you're trying to tell me all that I'm not. Mm-hmm. It just did not add up to me. It just did not make sense to me. So uh, there's no shame to it. When people say, was you in the soul class? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You know, we call it. So when you. <laughs> hey, baby, we call it. <laughs> but don't overlook what you don't think is the package supposed to be. Right. See, again, we come back to the messenger. Nobody thought that I would be. And, and I'll go to my family. Like nobody thought, not the fat one. She's not going to be the one. Not her. So I've been, I've been used to people doubting and counting me out. And for me as that little girl, it's like one day, one day, one day. And that one day is right here. Even your family. So how, how was your family? How was your, your, your brothers and sisters? Because I mean, uh, look, we, I mean, I got, I got a brother and sister and, you know, 
we joke with each other and, and I could imagine if, if the situation were, if um, one of us was in those class, oh, we gonna, we gonna get them jokes off, Monique. I'm just, it is what it is. No one paid enough attention. Really? Like no one paid enough attention because though we lived in a household together, we were very individual. So no one even paid attention to what was really going on and to include my parents. And that's not a victim story. That's not, oh, what was me? It's just what it was. So it wasn't like, oh, you dummy. The jokes were always fat. They were always fat jokes. Mm -hmm. but, okay. So I'm so used to that. But Are you was, the only one in your family? This baby, time? the only one that sneaks snacks. <laughs> I'm the only one that'll sneak them damn snacks in, and right. I'm the only one. Yes. So how would so what so what would you say your relationship then and now was with your family? Well, my relationship now with my family, they're my biological family, and I wish them well. Oh, what here's the thing. I watched you do in, uh, I think it was like a little clip and they were talking about interracial dating. Yes. And you said, why would somebody stay where they're miserable? Right. That applies everywhere, Shannon. Oh, okay. It just doesn't apply to that, especially in our community. We've been taught, take care of your family, make sure. Well, there are some families that deserve it. And there are some families that you have to say, listen, I'm so glad we had this time together. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. That's where I am with mine. Mm -hmm. I wish all of them the best, but that's what it is. Yeah. So even as I sit here with you now, with all that's going on in Hollywood and all of the, the, the stuff I had to go through, I've already been through it with people that you call your family. family. And I have to say, you know what? That has to just wash off when I know what I'm standing in and what I'm standing on. You're absolutely right, Monique. My grandmother used to always tell us, she say, son, teeth and tongue may fall out, but family never should. And she stood on that. No matter what transpired in the family, no matter what, how bad someone had treated you, you should never fall out. But hearing you say that that's different because just because we're blood, that doesn't mean we're fa we're family through blood. But sometimes it's somebody on the outside that's not blood that's actually closer family yes. than the actual biological. We've been taught to say trauma is okay. We've been taught to say, you mistreated me, you abused me, you violated me, you disrespected me, you belittled me, but I'm supposed to look at you at Thanksgiving and say, how you doing, Unc? That's what we've been taught. You swallow that pain. That's why people have such a problem with Cat Williams. People have a problem with people that says, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. And that causes a ruckus, and you would say, why are people upset with the truth? Mm. When you hear Steve Harvey say there are repercussions when you tell the truth. Well, remember when we were children? Mm -hmm. What would your grandmother tell you? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Because if not, there will be Re what? Repercussions. Right. Well, now it's got turned around. When you tell the truth, there'll be repercussions. So what's the opposite of that? Should I tell a lie and get a reward? So that's how we're rolling right now. That's mm -hmm. how we're dealing with one another right now. So when it comes to family and people saying, oh, Monique, how could you? Listen, I want to live the rest of this journey that I have in peace. I want to be with my family, in love with my man. He in love with me. We watch our babies grow and develop their own families. I don't need anything in the midst of that because you family that I should accept that trauma 
I should accept you not taking accountability for what you've done, what you've said, and we just washed a slate. That's why we're in the position we are now as a community, Mm -hmm. as a black community, as a community in entertainment. Everybody's been so afraid to say, look what they did to me. Look what they said. And it's like, oh, well, listen now, we don't want to ruffle no feathers, feathers, especially if the messenger doesn't fit the what people should think the messenger is supposed to look like. And we keep repeating history, Shannon. Is it a situation, Monique, where people look and say, well, you made it thus far when it couldn't have been that bad? Because if it has been as bad as you say it is, Monique, how would you have ever gotten out of B-more? How would you have ever gotten into Hollywood? How would you ever have a talk show? How would you ever be on a sitcom? So how is it that bad, Monique, and you end up like this? You know, when you first got in the NFL, yes, man. your eyes were like this. Yes. And it was, oh, I made it. I'm here. Right. And then after you start getting in it and you started seeing things and you started feeling things and you start, now your eyes start getting a little closer because now you're understanding what the business is. Right. So when you first walk through the door, you're walking through the door saying, come on, baby. Oh, this is all I've ever prayed for. And when my baby Cat Williams sat here and said, no one's ever gone out to L.A. and got a sitcom like that. I was in L.A. for three months. And here comes a show called The Parkers. And there we go from there. It it, it took off from there. So I think that when people say if it was so bad, you mature. You begin to understand what you're dealing with. Right. You begin to understand what you're in the midst of. And once you understand it is when you can speak on it. Right. But before you really know what you're looking at, how do you speak on that? Right. Because when you first walk in the door of Hollywood, you have everybody telling you, oh, my goodness, you're going to be amazing. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be incredible. Well, that's all you know. That is all you know. Yes. But you're so happy to be here. Yes. And you're like, okay. When you, when I listen to your story, mm-hmm. you say dirt poor. Yes. Bathroom outside. Yes. It was, we had to make it work however we can make it work. Correct. And then you get that first big check. Yes. And you think the people that gave it to you was awesome mm-hmm. because they gave it to you. And it's more money than you've ever seen before until you find out this ain't the right money. This ain't the right amount. Wait a minute. If they got this, why am I getting this? Then you start putting the pieces together and you start saying it's not right. And I'm going to speak about it. See, when I saw Taraji Mm -hmm. broken Mm -hmm. on those platforms, it was painful to watch. However, Taraji and I had a conversation over a decade ago. Yes. In my trailer Mm -hmm. when I was doing the Monique show. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you got to keep on getting it until your turn come. And I said, Taraji, most of us die before our turn comes. We got to ask for it right now. Now, I understand that because there was a time I felt the same way. Exactly. Because that's what I was told. Right. You just keep going and we'll get them the next time. We'll get them the next time. We'll get them the next time. And the next time never comes. And then you see our sister broken sitting on those platforms. Now, when I said it, when I said it. Why didn't it get the traction when you said it 
that when she said it, now all of a sudden everybody is coming and I, and I don't have a problem. I'm mm-hmm. glad. Yes. But if you said this a decade ago and I yes. remember you saying it over a decade ago, why didn't it get the traction? Why didn't it get the support? Why wasn't it propped up when Monique said it? I think there's a few reasons why. Number one, it was the messenger. I should just be grateful I got invited to the party. You a big, fat, black woman. How dare you be the one? And then on top of that, you're saying names. You're saying Oprah's name out loud. You're saying Tyler's name out loud. You're saying Lee's name out loud. You're saying Lionsgate out loud. That's not what we do. We say they. We say the people. We say the studio. We say the producers. How dare you actually say our heroes' names? You're very specific. These are our heroes. How could you say their names out loud? Because they're the ones that did it. And if I don't say it out loud, now you see a woman that is swallowing that pain, that is so stressed out. Then you see our sister Taraji B. Henson sit on that platform. And I love that baby because she's a beautiful spirit. But to see her that broken, what our community was saying was we have a hard time, some of us, We have a hard time seeing a strong black woman with a back straight and a chin up and a strong black man standing by her side. We have a hard time accepting that, but we can accept seeing a black woman broken. Now it's really serious because she's falling apart. Our community had a hard time with those two things. And when I would hear people say, why is her husband there? Why is he there? It's a sad day when we're questioning why a black man would stand with his black woman. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So when you hear black women saying we're the most undervalued, disrespected, underserved, mistreated, violated, exploited, we get all of that. Then you see a black man standing with his black woman saying, not on my watch. And you hear some black men saying, why, why her husband got to be there? We're in a sad state of affairs when we begin to question black love and black unity. So they didn't want to hear me, some of them, because of what I look like, because I spoke about their heroes, and because they saw that man standing right there strong. Did they question the validity? The because we had never seen this before. Not so not so public, not so present. Yes. Did they question you and his relationship? Me and my husband? Yes. When you say question, what is like? Because they did, but I want to understand what. Because you did. okay, did they think that was your husband or what was he? Your manager? Because he's been everything. Yes. He's your lover. He's your manager. Name he's your him. Confidant. Name him. He's he's your he's the, the father. Come on, name him. Whatever it it uh, he's all encompassing. Yes, he's a toolbox with all the tools that Monique needs. All of them. And so when I I heard people saying that. Why is he there? Why does he have to be in every interview? Why does he have to be in the background? Why can't Monique do that? Why not? Why not? Why not? And that's when you see, and these are my sisters, but when you see Taraji, when you see Viola, when you see our sisters speaking out, you never see their representation sitting right there with them. Mm -hmm. You never see them saying, listen, we got to fight together. Right. My husband is also my manager, which is my representation. Right. But again, we've been so beat down that some of us have a problem with this black man saying, I'm standing right here strong right. and I will not flinch and I will not budge. What a sad state of affairs we are now in where you have people that look like you and I mm -hmm. that would question why this man is standing there. That for the life of me. It's disheartening. Mm -hmm. When we heard Brother Malcolm say, we've been run amok, we've been hoodwinked, we're now doing it to ourselves. We're now doing it to ourselves. So when you say, Monique, it was different because we had never seen that before. You said their names. Mm -hmm. Let me say this. I'm not the first one. Right. I'm not the first one, but we get washed away in history so easily that we start thinking, oh, this is the first one. This is the first one. Her name is Claudette Colvin. And she's not the first one, but she was before Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. But because Claudette Colvin did not fit the picture that they thought she should look like, she was dark skinned and she had coarse hair. And because the the organization, I believe it was the NAACP, mm -hmm. did not think 
she would be accepted by the white people. Mm-hmm. They had to get somebody that they said the white people could accept. We keep repeating the same thing because what I said is no different than what anyone else is saying. Not, not at all. Right. It was the messenger. And it was the way that I'm not putting my head down. I'm not shedding one tear. I'm not going to say, I don't want to say their name because I might get in trouble. I'm going to say all of it. Right. Because when you really think about that little girl coming behind you, what I don't ever want that baby to see is me broken. I don't want her to see me falling apart. And I understand it. I understand how it can happen, Shannon, when you may not have a foundation at home, Correct. when you may not have that man at home or that woman at home, whomever, that support person saying you're not crazy. Right. I got you. Come on. We're going to go through this. We're going to get through this. So for us, if we start taking things for what they are and get out of our emotions, we would be so far along. Do you believe punishment? Mm. Punishment is not only meant for the perpetrator, but it's also to deter others from said acts. You see it. Do you believe the punishment that was bestowed upon Monique was not only to punish you, you saw it. but to deter others from saying what you said? Well, Shannon, see here, and, and, and I'm going to answer that. But sometimes we act like we don't know our history. See, back in the day when they had us in chains, mm-hmm. they would beat one real good. Right. But in front of every, the others. In front of the others. And they let everybody know what you don't want is that type of ass whooping. Right. So what they said was, we're going to beat Monique really good. We're going to sit her down. And, and, and I made it public. Financially, my family took a hit, Shannon. And when I tell you we took a hit. Right. We took a hit. So when you see our sister go through that, you see her go through and... We act like our eyes didn't see what it saw when we watched that promotion happen Mm -hmm. with the color purple. Right. We wanted to act like we didn't see how Oprah Winfrey treated Taraji. In my humble opinion, when you saw her walk up, you saw that there was tension. You saw that there was something happening. And then when you see Taraji write her a love letter, it's like, listen... We got to stand tall and stand strong on what we know. You, We know you were mistreated. We know it wasn't right. We know it was unfair. And then you turn around and say, oh, but Lady O handled it. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because that allows Lady O to keep on doing what she's doing. And we're in a position of, I don't want to say nothing because we saw how Monique got whooped. Now, again, that's just my humble opinion. But I don't know what else to, I don't know how else to frame that. It's like, listen, you better fix that because you saw what they did to her. You saw how they treated her. Is it a situation, do you believe it's a situation that Oprah might have faced something similar that maybe wasn't as public as you? And, and, and she's looking at it, well, if I faced that, went through it and came out on the other side and look at me, it should be okay. Because sometimes we get that with parents. You know, I struggle. You say my kids should have to struggle sometimes also. Do you think that might be something going on with her? Or you just like, she? there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. Okay. There's a disconnect and there's been a disconnect for years. There's a disconnect. And I think what happens is we place people on these pedestals Mm -hmm. and we say, oh, no, you can't do no wrong. We don't even want to hear it. Right. And when you hear cats say, you know what they do? They don't say anything and they act like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep talking until you take accountability. Right. 
until you say, uncle, I've done this. That's why it was so important from Oprah Winfrey to Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels. Now, Lee Daniels was the only one I had to deal with. Did you see Lee Daniels apologize? Mm -hmm. He walked out on he that stage. stage. Not only did he apologize on stage, that man apologized to our children. That man apologized to our children and said, I need to apologize for what I put y'all through. He's the only one I had to deal with. However, it became a problem with Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry that I wouldn't do something and work for free. Now, when you say, well, maybe Oprah feels like she came through it. Why can't you? Right. Well, there's a story with Oprah Winfrey when she was on the show. People are talking. Richard Sher was making $55,000. She was making $22,000. These are her words. It was her co-host. She said, I had to leave because they wasn't paying me fairly. Now you say black woman who did nothing wrong and you're in the midst of this situation because she called me, Tyler Perry called me, Lionsgate called. When you were on the phone with my husband, you said, I agree with Monique. I agree with the position she's taking. But? But when it came time to say it out loud, Oprah Winfrey went totally silent. Now to Tyler Perry's credit, Tyler Perry called us up, right? And he said, I can see the pain in you and I can hear it. And I want to let you know that I, I, I would never do nothing to hurt you. But the conversation kept going on only for Tyler Perry to admit he did start a rumor that I was difficult to work with. He lied only for Tyler Perry to admit I was wrong. And when my movie boo come out, I'm going to say that, right? Now, here's where when you did that interview with Kat, I could respect how you do it because Kat said you let them people lie in your face. And your response was, Kat, I don't know if they're lying or not. Right. Because I can only take them at their word. At their word. Right. Yes. Well, we sent you the audio mm -hmm. of Tyler Perry. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to take me at my word. I want you to hear his words. And what did you hear that man saying? What did you hear that man saying? He said it. What did he say? Is that is <laughs> Monique, you know, you're not supposed to be <laughs> recording people. No, 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 no. Let me back up. Okay. Everything we did was legal. And here's where a black woman really gets the kick in the ass. Had I not recorded Tyler Perry, then it would have been my word, word against, his. against his. And then on top of that, it would have been he's so powerful. We can't even pay no attention to that. Right. Well, now I have him on audio, which is legal to do mm -hmm. where we live. Right. OK, mm -hmm. we have him on audio. And do you know what some people then said? Why would you record him? <laughs> Just like you sat there and said, you know, what's unlegal to do. But did you hear what the man said? I, I violated you. Yeah. I mistreated you. Yeah. Do you know, Shannon, that's cost my family tens of millions of dollars? Yeah. Over a lie and a rumor? Is he gonna, is he gonna make a, he's gonna compensate you for that? I want you to look in your camera. Yes. And I want you to talk to Tyler Perry because you heard what that man said. Mm -hmm. So ask him, will he compensate my family for that? Tyler, will you come on Club Shay Shay and let's have a conversation about the fair compensation? for what transpired between you and Monique. You can sit right here and she's sitting right here and you and I can have a conversation.
and we'll do you one better. And give me five on that, baby. We'll do you one better, Shay. My husband and I will sit right next to him. See, with this whole situation and some of the people that Kat talked about, ironically, I have this issues with those same people. There were people that reached out to Tyler Perry on my behalf. Okay. And I was grateful for that. Okay. There was Al Sharpton, the Reverend Al Sharpton, civil rights leader. Yeah. I sent him that audio. He listened to it. He said, baby, what that man did to you was wrong and you're like my daughter. And we're going to have to get him to fix that. Right. We didn't hear from Al Sharpton for six months. The next time we saw Al Sharpton, he was on a podium talking about we don't need to fly commercial because we can fly Tyler Perry's private jet. I said, that's why maybe I'm not hearing back from him. Okay. Then we had our beautiful sister, Stephanie Mills. Yes. Okay. Who is, she don't play. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. I told her what happened, sent her the audio. Now, I don't know if she listened to that audio or not, but however, she called Tyler Perry. She said, Monique, Tyler Perry does not want to revisit this. Okay, fine. Right. While we're on the phone, Tyler Perry calls her back and says, I will meet with Monique, but not with her husband. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And then Monique has to apologize publicly to say, Oprah and I had nothing to do with messing up her career. But that'd be a lie. I look in the goddamn camera. <laughs> I thought you I thought that was a stage the way you Look in the camera. Yes. Because you heard it. Yes. Right? Yes. So when you have, when you hear what this man is saying. So I said, Stephanie, tell Tyler Perry, never will I meet with him without my husband. And I owe no apology, so I'm not going to give one. That goes away. Kevin Hart. Now, you know when Cat Williams said gatekeepers? Yes. Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. I do his um, podcast. Yes. And I want y'all to re-listen to the podcast so you can hear it for yourself. When he first comes on, he says, you're like my mother. You're like my aunt. You're like my sister. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then we do the podcast. We speak about the Tyler Perry situation. Oprah Winfrey, he said, I don't really know Oprah, but I'm going to reach out to Tyler. I appreciate that. Kevin kept his word. He reached out to Tyler Perry. Kevin Hart called me back about maybe a week or so later. He said, Mo, I talked to Tyler. He said he don't want to revisit it. He said, but I tell you what, let's move past that, Mo. Let's just move past that and let's just do great things. So whatever That's you, what Kevin said. I want you to hear me, Kevin Hart. Let's move past that, Mo. Let's do some great things together. Don't even worry about it. Whatever y'all want to do, I will partner with you. I'll executive produce with you. You just let me know what you want to do. Now, let me say that before we go any further, because okay. I want to make sure I give Kevin Hart his proper credit. When my family was up against the wall, Kevin Hart wrote us a check and said, here you go. We're forever grateful for that. When we were able to give it back, we said, brother, we appreciate you with some interest on top because I don't ever want nobody to think like me and my money. husband. So I want to make sure I put that out there. That was, that brother really helped us out when we needed to be helped out. Then when he came back with, I got you. I didn't ask Kevin Hart to do anything. He said, I'll executive produce. I'll partner with you. I said, good shit, Kevin, because we're in a deal with Endemol and we're trying to get our talk show back. Mo, whatever it is, I got you. Now, Kevin Hart is one of the biggest entertainers right now in the world Correct. right and was then 
We got off the phone with Kevin Hart. We called in the mall immediately and said, Kevin Hart said, whatever we want to do, he got us. He's going to partner executive use. They was like, oh, this is incredible because when you put Kevin Hart's name on it, you already know what it is. Correct. Two weeks go by. We get a call from Endemol. Endemol says, we just got a call from Kevin Hart's manager, Dave Becky. And Dave Becky said, Kevin doesn't want anything to do with Monique. So whatever she told y'all, he doesn't want to do anything with her, nothing. You know, he doesn't want any any kind of relationship with Monique. So what changed between the two weeks and when, and, and plus he gave your check, you gave the money back, then said he would partner with you, executive produce, whatever you need, Mo, hey, we got you. So what transpired or what do you think transpired between then that two that two week period? Well, soon as we got off the phone and they told us what Kevin manager David Becky said, I called Kevin Hart immediately. I said, hey, baby, we just got off the phone with Endemol and they said Dave Becky called them up and said, you don't want anything to do with me. He said, Mo, that's that's a miscommunication. I can tell you right now. I said, wait a minute. Are you OK, though, with this white man calling them up? Getting in between our relationship, something you said, he said, Mo, I'm, that's a miscommunication and we're going to talk Tuesday. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's a miscommunication. That was two years ago. If you talk to him, I talk to him. I've never talked back to Kevin Hart again. So that's what we're faced with. When you allow somebody to come in between a relationship with a woman that you said, I'm like your mother, you said, I'm like these things. I didn't ask you for that. So everything that that baby was saying, sitting here, everything he was saying was on the up and up. Because when you hear people say, get the anger out your heart. Oh, man, no one's saying he's lying. No one ever said I was lying. It's so easy to discount and devalue because of what we look like. Right. However, when it comes to Tyler Perry, I will not allow you to discount or devalue because that is your voice on that audio. Mm-hmm. Remember on Good Times mm-hmm. when Penny's mother was whooping up on yep. her and then and she had recorded it. Mm-hmm. That's you on tape. So how does it go from you saying you're going to give me an apology to now I owe you an apology? But what do you owe an apology for? What 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 could I possibly owe you an apology for when you've admitted? See, when Lee Daniels says to me, because Cookie from the, the show Empire, yeah. I was offered that role. Now, Taraji tore it up, baby. Right. It Listen right. here. However, I was offered that. Then Felita called me back and say, baby girl, they said you're too difficult to work with. But you hear on the audio that a man told David Talbert I was difficult to work with. Do you see how that right. cost my family? Yes. And with no accountability because, oh, it's the great Tyler Perry. No, you've got to be accountable for that. Oprah Winfrey, you've got to be accountable for the things you've done with my family. You've got to be accountable for that. Is there any relationship between you and Tyler and you and Oprah currently? No, no. But I thought there was an apology. I, I read what there uh, that I thought I read somewhere that Oprah had issued you an apology and Tyler had issued an apology. That's not correct. No, no. The only person that's given you an apology. You saw it. It's Lee Daniels. That's the only person. So we are in a place where we're too afraid 
to call them for what it is. We're too afraid to say if it looked like a duck and it quacked like a duck, what is it, Shannon? It's a duck. Right. So, again, you see the struggle of the black woman as I'm sitting here talking to you. And you say, Mova, why would you record him? But you heard the man violate me. The first thing wasn't, I can't believe that cat did that to you. It's, why would you do it? And we understand it. Right. Because we've been conditioned that way. Because when you... You had to get somehow because when you're telling people these are lies, nobody is believing Monique. So now, even though you have him record his voice and that's him and he's saying he made it up now is no longer. Oh, man, I can't believe he lied on Mo. Mo, why'd you record it? So now they put the onus back on you. Where's the win? How do we win? How does a black woman win when you say, here he is right here? And I look to the community and say, how long do we allow us to keep being exploited, used up, taken advantage of? And because we think somebody can give us an opportunity, we just say, shh, I'm not going to say nothing. If we keep operating like that, Shannon, you're going to have a whole lot of us sitting right here in the same seat, almost telling the same story. Why do you think Tyler is afraid to meet with you and your husband? Why does it need to be you one on one when he meet with other representatives and 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 the cli- their client? What what is it about you that he feels it needs to be just you and he? Does he think your husband is some kind of negative influence on you? He thinks the husband is saying things that that Monique probably wouldn't say if I just had had an opportunity to talk to her one on one. What do you think that is? Let me say <coughs> this. Excuse me. People better be glad my husband is by my side because there are people in Hollywood that know wherever you act up is where I show up. People know in Hollywood, <laughs> baby, Shannon, and I don't say it with a badge of honor. It's just what it is. Well, I've had to say, who you think you're talking to? And we're sitting there with the president of the studio or the com- My patience level is not going to allow. I've been molested. I've been violated. So the moment I see you trying to do it, we're going to have to address it. My husband is nothing but a gentleman. And you know why people have a problem with my husband? Because he's right to it. There's no we're going to dance around the bush. He's right to it. And people like Tyler Perry, people like Oprah Winfrey, they look at my husband and say, how dare you be so direct? How dare you not put your eyes down when you're talking to me? How dare you do that? My husband is also my manager. Why would he want to exclude my right. management? It's like, Tyler, you should want my husband to be there. You, right. you, you may want him to be sitting right there so that way we can have a conversation that everyone can be heard. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate you, Shannon, because most people are too afraid. That's heard the tape. They're too afraid to say, no, I heard it, and this is what he said. Mm-hmm. I appreciate T.S. Madison. Because T.S. Madison was the first one to say, no, I heard what he said. Mm-hmm. So when folks were trying to jump on her, she not down for the black woman. Listen, baby, y'all don't even understand the right. fights that sister be having when ain't nobody watching for the black woman. Right. So I appreciate you looking in that camera. Right. Well, I mean, look, sometimes there are some some black people, some, not all, some, that... My grandfather used to say, Mo, is that if you're not careful, you'll become the very thing you despise the most in a person. Now, what do we despise most about Trump supporters? 
president, ex-president Trump, is that no matter what he says, no matter what he does, they give him an out. There's some people in our community, no matter what powerful black people say or do in our community, we'll give them an out. And we can't. And we become the very thing we despise the yes. most. What we despise most about President Trump's ex-President Trump supporters is that no matter what he does or says, it's okay. Yes. We can't do that. We you can't. can't. We can't. If somebody's wrong, like you said, Mo, if somebody's wrong, we have to be man or woman enough to say they're wrong, regardless of what comes along with that. They don't know. They don't understand what them saying I'm sorry will mean for them. See, when I, I read the Because other that's day, not for you. And I'm sorry it's not for the person that you offended. It's for you. Because currently you're in hostage, your feelings, because you have to live with that. You have to live with that. What you've done. So when you see a woman say, Me turning 70, I'm so happy because I've never hurt anyone. Stop it. Stop it. Because there's a black woman that has been calling your name for over a decade that you seem to want to make go away. And I know I'm not the only one. Would you want, would you sit, if Oprah called Mo today, would you sit down and have a conversation with her? Let me tell you what I'll do if Oprah called me today, Shannon Sharp. We will sit down and have a conversation with Oprah Winfrey. We will sit down and have a conversation with Tyler Perry. We will sit down and have a conversation with the presidents of Lionsgate. We will sit down and have a conversation with anyone that is br- I'm going to say brave enough to sit down and have a conversation. But what happens is within seconds, within seconds, if Tyler Perry was to sit right here, you would say, man, I heard you. What you trying to tell me about this sister? Within seconds, Oprah Winfrey would know that people would say, hold up. See, when I speak about Oprah Winfrey, and let me be clear, I love that sister because she's our sister. Mm -hmm. She just got to come back across the street. We got the light on. When I speak about Oprah Winfrey, I speak about that woman because she's spoken about me. And when you begin to speak about me privately, I'm going to speak about you publicly. You've been unfair. You've been unjust. And you watched a black woman be thrown under the bus and you said nothing. And here's what's interesting as well. My husband was saying to me, After I won the Oscar award, right? Mm -hmm. And she had the people come, you know, to talk to the Oscar winners. And I go on the stage and I talk to the Oscar winners. Well, when we go to a commercial, the people in the audience, and I say this humbly as my husband was telling me, he said, mama, they wasn't screaming Oprah. They were screaming Monique, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So much so I had to say, y'all going to shut that shit up now. We get ready to go back on the air. We having fun, Right. right? He said, but I watched Oprah. He said, I watched her almost turning her seat like they screaming her name. Now, some people will say, oh, Monique, you're you're reaching. Well, let me tell you what then happens. The movie The Butler, Mm -hmm. that movie was offered to me. Lee Daniels came out and said, I did offer Monique The Butler. But as he said to me, he said, Mo, at the time I didn't have no power and I didn't have no money. So when Oprah said she wanted it, so who played the lead role in The Butler? Oprah Winfrey. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lee Daines was getting ready to do a biopic on Richard Pryor, and he offered me the grandmother. Who then calls Lee Daines and says, I want to be the grandmother. So as you're looking at me, it's the same way I'm looking at that sister. And I'm saying, why don't we sit down and have a conversation? Because the way things could look, it may not be that way, but just the way things look, Oprah. Just the way you would have my family on your show, Oprah. One might say, Mo, well, I mean, if the role of they're looking for a black... Um, big, go ahead and big. say it. Shannon, it's so careful with his words. He wants to say fat not, black woman. If the role looking for a fat black woman, Mo, but he nah, was like, nah, you but know... But I want to uh, keep my podcast, Mo. Uh, Y'all ain't finna cancel this me. This is why we love you, Uncle Shay Shay, because we want you to say a fat black woman. Now, me and Oprah fit the <laughs> damn description, Shay. Fat black. Don't we fit it? You, you do. But I'll be right back here to be, I'll be your neighbor up there where you live at. Listen here. Me. Listen here. Listen here. So, <laughs> so, are you lying? No. Now, no. I'm not going to have your big ass sitting here in the Hall of Fame and you scared to say shit. Okay. And I want to uh, excuse myself for any of the babies that might be watching this because I wasn't going to say no spicy things. But Shay Shay get me wrong now. Come on, uh, Shay. One might say, mm-hmm. or people might say, well, Mo, I mean, the role called for a, a heavyset black woman. You, 
Oprah, y'all fit the roles. Yes. How do we know that she wasn't offered the role at long and, and people think that she's better, more, more qualified than you? It don't work like that, Shannon. You can't offer me. Once you say, I want you. Right. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I don't have the money <coughs> to fund a production. Right. I don't have the connections to go to the studio and say, listen, I want to do this movie. She does. So when Lee says, hey, baby, she got the money, go get it. it. But someone would just say, how is that working out like that? How is that happening like that? Mm -hmm. How is it that things that was offered to Monique, you seem to be playing? Now, I I told Oprah about that. See, everything we're saying to you right now. You was having a conversation with her. Listen here. I don't play the behind the back. I don't play the I'm going to share with Shannon. There's one thing I will share with you that I've not shared with anybody. Okay. But I don't play the behind the back and all of that. I say, listen, let me try to get to you first. Now, if you avoid me. Okay. okay. But I tried to be respectful. I tried to call you first. When she had my family on her show, I tried to call you first. I tried to talk to you privately. But then you became the great, the great mighty Oprah Winfrey and you were too busy to talk. Well, now I'm going to talk about it. This woman has overstepped with me so in so many ways that somebody would say, if we wasn't Monique and Oprah Winfrey in the entertainment business, and we was Monique and Oprah Winfrey that worked at Costco, <laughs> I see you in the break room. <laughs> I see you at your cash register. Because she's overstepped. Wow. So... I don't know, Monique. This might be the, the term crossing of the Rubicon. We might be going too far. Can I don't how do you if you feel that way? Because clearly if you feel this way. Now yes. I, I get why you feel this way. I don't know, like I said, I don't know this. I don't I, I'm taking you at your word. Now not 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 the Tyler because yes. I I've listened to the audio. Yes. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about Oprah. Yes. I'm just taking you at your word. Yes. If you feel this way. Is it possible she feels the exact same way about you? How could she? How could she? What have I taken from Oprah? When did I have Oprah's mother and father on my show? Mm -hmm. When did I have anybody come and speak about Oprah Winfrey on the Monique show? That's never happened. So how could she feel that way? Would you have done that? Had her family on? Yeah. Let me tell you how we operate. When we had the Monique show, there was a comedian on there. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to joke T.I.'s wife, Tiny. My husband walked out in the middle of his set. He said, cut. He said, brother, we don't do that here. We uplift our folks. Mm -hmm. We don't play that. So no, I would not have done that. When Oprah Winfrey had my family, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell y'all, and I'm looking, over, I'm looking around, baby, because there are people here. Yes. Okay, and I yeah. don't want to be rude to the people at Shay Shay's club. You got other people in the club, mm -hmm. right? When Oprah Winfrey called me up and she said, I got a call from your brother. And this is after I won the Oscar Award, mm -hmm. right? And your brother wants to come on the show and he wants to apologize to you for molesting you. And he wants to tell other people how to look out for a predator. Right. I said, Oprah, I said, I don't want anything to do with that cat. I said, but, and then she said, well, if you want me to scratch the show, I will scratch it. I said, sis, don't scratch it because he could be a different person. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get in the way if that cat is a different person. I just don't want no parts of it. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I hung up that phone, Shannon, I was like, 
I appreciate that sister. Like she didn't have to call me. She didn't. She didn't have to call me and say, no. I'm going to have your brother. Right. I start seeing commercials with my mother and my father and my other brother who used to be my manager, mm -hmm. who knew the fear that I had with the brother that was up on stage. Right. right? Mm -hmm. We never talked about my mother being there. She never told you that. You know how you feel about your grandparents? Yes, absolutely. You know the honor and the, how you speak about them? Mm -hmm. Imagine you then seeing your granddaddy and your grandmama on a show, and they're talking about somebody that violated you, and that woman didn't tell you that they were going to be there. How would you feel? I would feel like you, feel like you felt betrayed. That is exactly how I felt and how I feel. And it's not, oh, I'm in a, no, I understand it. But you portrayed me, sister, and I'm not the only one. Because at the time when she called you, she said it was just your brother. Just my brother. And when my mother was on that show, do you know what I had to deal with, Shannon? What's that? I would be in the store and I would have elderly women coming up to me and they would say, your mama ain't shit. Wow. Now, they wasn't lying, Shannon, okay? <laughs> they wasn't lying, baby. Sometimes you got to let the truth be the goddamn truth. Sometimes you got to just go with it. But still, it's my mother. It's your mom. And I'm in here and I, because when she went, I'm having to defend something. And I got that often with them telling me what my mother wasn't because you did not tell me. Had Oprah Winfrey said, I'm going to have your mama, I'd have said, shut that shit Scratch down. It. I don't need nobody seeing my mama be greedy. I don't need the world see. Shut it down. Now, there's a white woman named Barbara Walters. Mm -hmm. They called her first. And she said, Monique, I told your family, I can't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to mm -hmm. you. You just won that award. Like, yeah. why would I do that? Yeah, this, I mean, you're here. Why would I bring something that I know that you don't want to talk about? You lived it. Why do I need to replay it again? Ask her. Your camera right there. I, but I, I, was, I was trying to get I know, baby. But, but, but ask her. See, this is where it gets juicy, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're, you're saying the right things, yes. but you're asking me questions that I can't answer. Right. I can't answer why Oprah Winfrey did what Oprah Winfrey did. Yes. Only Oprah Winfrey can answer for her actions. Yes. So, again, stop being scared. No, I'm not. I knew that would get him up, Mary. Like, I knew that would pop him back in, baby. I knew that would no, get up but, a Shay Shay. But, but even even this show, I have a producer and I give him a lot of leeway. But I've had people reach out and say, well, a family member said something and I want to come on your show and refute it. That ain't what we do here. Right. It's like it ain't gonna happen. it's almost you don't cross that barrier. Mm -mm. I, you we don't, don't do the, we don't do the family thing. You now. don't do the family thing and I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I wasn't going to do it. But damn it, this is, this seat, tell, say, you might want to have another look, over. this seat make you go, truth, tell it. No, <laughs> tell the damn truth. God damn it, tell the truth. It, because family is sacred. It's supposed to be. And we don't cross the line with family. Mm -hmm. And people begin to get comfortable to jump on the Monique bandwagon of Monique doing things wrong and she doing this and she doing that. And there's a brother named D.L. Hughley. Yep. And until he take accountability, I won't let it go. What? Because...
What would you get ready to say? I was going to say, what did DL do? Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, that voice went off, didn't it? DL is friend. He like, that's my friend. No, I, I, I've met DL on several occasions. I don't know DL like that. Okay. Do I? Do I know DL say like I know an earthquake? No. Do I know uh, since I've interviewed Cat, had several conversations with him? Do I know DL on that level? No. Right. See, when we say family is sacred, right? Family is sacred, and we know that you don't cross the line when it comes to family. Correct. Right. I do DL's t- uh, radio show. Yes. DL Hughley is not there. His team is there, mm-hmm. and Shannon, we having a great time. I mean, baby, we having a great time. We going forth, back and forth. When we get to the end of the show, they say, Monique, you want to play a game? Well, I want to play. I said, sure, sugar. Let's play a game. And it's a game called Would You Rather. No. Okay? Now. Monique, you already, you should have said, I'm too old for this game. Wait a minute. We're having fun, baby. <laughs> right? We're having a good time, okay, Shannon. Okay. okay. We, I mean, it's the sister there and it's two other guys. We're having a great time. It's okay. a beautiful black unity cookout. Okay. We're having a good time. Okay. Would you say your wife was your family? Is that considered family? Yeah. So your husband is considered family, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay. So here we go. They said, Monique, we want to play a game of would you rather. Let's go. Would you rather... Your husband sleep with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Steffens without one. Really, Monique? Now, as y'all are watching right now who haven't heard this story, y'all going, they doing the same thing in the studio. They going, okay. That is exactly what happened. Now, I said to the team, how does that uplift our community? I said, sister, and her name is Jasmine. How could you ask another sister that? Well, we just planned. I said, tell me the joke in that because I don't know what you're insinuating. Then you're involving people that have nothing to do with nothing. Like, what are y'all doing? So I said, I'm going to call my brother. DL. I'm going to call my brother. I call DL Hughley on the phone. I say, hey, baby. Yeah. Huh? That's how he responds. Yeah. Did he know it was you? Yes, he, because they called him to tell him, no, Monique's going to be calling. Right. Like, this, it was getting crazy. Right. I'm like, just let me get on the phone with my brother, right? Yeah. Hey, DL, yeah. I said, listen, I just got off the phone with your team, and they wanted to play this game, Would You Rather? And it was like, Stupid, like asking me about my husband and Lee Daniels and Corinne Steffens and his exact words. Well, that's how we do it. I said, DL, how does that uplift our community? And again, I don't know what y'all trying to insinuate, but brother, what you doing? Like I said, that's just how we do it. So it is what it is. Now, it got so ugly that my attorney had to send a cease and desist. So it never aired. So we have like... When Cat Williams talk and people, truth tellers talk, we have receipts to everything we're saying. That's how that whole thing got started. Okay? It's family. My husband is my family. Yeah. Now, you babies that are really good with this internet, through the years, I've watched DL speak ill of me. Through the years. I never knew me. I never knew DL Higley had a problem with me. But when Cat said they all a group, 
he forgot to put D.L. Hughley in the group. Mm -hmm. Through the years, I was bitter. I was dangerous with what I was doing, saying that it was inequality. My husband didn't know what he was doing. This went on through the years. I was unloved, all of these things. And I said to myself, I'm going to see you. Mm I'm going to see you. I didn't go on nobody's show. I didn't say nothing to nobody, but I knew the time would come that I would see him. We were scheduled to do a show in Los Angeles. I was the headliner of that show. His name was on it. Then his name came off. I didn't question it, but I knew I'm going to see him. Mm. Right? Eventually. Okay. Now we have a show in Detroit. Contractually, I was the headliner. D.L. Hughley posted a memo. Now, when you signed your deal for the Ravens, did you sign a contract or a memorandum? I signed a contract. You see how you say that? Like anybody that knows good business, you signed. The memo was saying, this is what I would like. Right. But the contract is saying, this is what, what it, it is. is. Okay? Yes. He put out a memo to our community. And that touched me a little different because I was saying, why would you lie to our babies? Because now they're thinking, if they send somebody a memo, that's what they're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. Okay? I was contractually signed to go as the headliner. Right. I mean, you go last. D.O. Hughley didn't come into the building until 9.30. Now, contractually, I said I have to be on stage by 9.30. Because if the show starts at 8, I refuse to keep an audience waiting. Right. That is disrespectful to the C- audience. Correct. When I went out on that stage, Shannon, I made sure everything I said, he heard me. Because now you're here and I'm going to say it to you. Mm-hmm. And I said some things on that stage that I said he was cowardly. And some folks said, how could you say that? How could you do that? And then I posted some things to say, this is what I meant. See, you came after my husband. And when you had a chance to fix it, when you had a chance to say, Mo, my bad, you know, we don't even get down like that. You told me it is what it is. And until he's brave enough and courageous enough to say, this is what really happened, y'all. Y'all have never known me to be no shit starter. Folks ain't never known me to... Go over and kick a sandwich out of somebody's hand that's hungry. But what people do know is, if you kick me, damn if I ain't going to kick you back. Right. Because that's fair play. Right. So there was one left out the pack. And when you have people that continually don't take accountability, that's why you see us in the state of affairs we're in. Yeah. I'm a firm believer, Mo, that everybody don't play the same. And someone once told me, what is joke to you is death to someone else. What is joke? That's why we don't play with people's families. No. When we had the Monique show, the radio show, listen, you can't come on here and speak ill of no one because we don't play like that because we know how this business works. Right. So when you allow that to happen, what do you think is going to come back your way? What do you think? And D.L. Hughley, please no brother, we still love you. Just take accountability for it. And we move forward. I remember reading something about the uh, about the situation in Detroit. I didn't know the the depth of the magnitude of it. Uh, I remember reading something about a memo about I guess it's an addendum that was added on. But the contract is the contract. The contract is the contract. And what happens is because of the messenger, it was easy to pile on. Mm-hmm. It was easy to pile on. And then when you have our, some of our black folk that go sit in front of a white man and speak ill of their people, I'm like, y'all, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What 
what are we coming to that we're going to sit in front of this white man? I can't even say his name. I refuse. Everybody know who he is. We sit in front of him and we just let this man say any and everything about us. And then we go right in with him. That Now, see, that to me is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And y'all babies that's good with this little computer, don't take my word. You can just go through the years of this cat just running his mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, stop doing that. Because what are we saying to the babies coming behind us? We're going to continue this, but I want to get into where you're from, the DMV. Yeah. Do you realize, like, Chappelle, Martin, Tommy Davis, Earthquake, yourself, what's in the soil in the DMV that got you guys? I mean, you've done television, stand-up. All these guys have done television and stand-up and are great at it. When you look at, like, Chappelle, Chappelle walked away, like, walked away from it and said, nah, I want to do my own thing because I'm not going to let you guys hold me hostage. Yes. But Martin still does television. Tommy Davidson doesn't do as much television. Quake is not in television, um, but he has, you know, has his, all his gigs going on. When you look at the success that a Chappelle, Martin, Kurt Quake is having, and you say, hold on, ain't none of them guys win no Oscar. Ain't none of them guys did what I did in, in, on the movie set. And they're having the commercial sense that they're having. I, that should be more. If I was a white woman, do you know what my name would be? Wealthy. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, my goodness. If I was a white woman, my name <coughs> would be Melissa McCarthy. Same track record. Five-year sitcom and syndication. Same track record. The opportunities are not the same. So when you have, and as you read all of those things off, and you say, wait a minute, Mo, none of them have this, none of them have that. We get judged by a different stick. We get judged by a different stick. And then when I had people judging me, I'm like, you judging me by your yardstick. You've not done what I've done. And I say that humbly. You've not had the accomplishments that I had. Right. When I hear Brother D.L. Hubley say, well, that Netflix special, I just accepted anything. Whatever they gave me, these are not my words, they're his. Right. Well, that's how you do business. I'm not mad at you accepting anything. Right. Why are you mad at me saying I won't accept anything? Right. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. It's like people were judging me. I was hearing people, Shannon, okay? I didn't know we had so many tender people in our group. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we had so many tender <laughs> love. <laughs> I didn't know we had so many tender people. And I, I wouldn't want to be on the front line with these tender people. Where it's like, oh, I can't believe you said that. I can't. But is what I said the truth? Is what I said the truth? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't put no sugar on it. Right. It was shit. Right. And I didn't try to make it taste good. We got to stop running away from what is real. And we run into fantasy. And that's how come we keep staying where we sit. Mo, before you became Monique that everybody has seen over the last two, three decades, what were some of the jobs that you had that you like, man, this ain't for me. I, I mean, this is just a holdover. It's just a breeze. Every job I had, baby, it was special. Was it? Every job I had, baby. You were the best at it. Let me tell you something. I worked at the drive-thru in Popeye's. I worked in the drive-thru in Popeye's, and that was my microphone. Every time somebody came to that window, I was on stage. Welcome to Popeye's. My name is Monique. What would you like today? And they would say, hey, Monique, I'm Shannon. Hey, Shannon, how you doing, baby? What's your order? And you give me your order. And then I say, would you like a hot apple pie with that Shannon? You say, you know what, Monique, I sure would. Come on around here, baby. Let You're me the see oversold Listen here, Popeyes, where my damn money? Cause I was a seller, baby. I, if you wanted a two piece, I gave you four. 
Hmm. You wasn't going to lose no weight coming through my damn window, Shannon. That's why I ain't lost no damn weight. What I sold, I ate. If you got two pieces, I ate two of them. Welcome to Popeye's. Hey, baby, come on now. So that was that was your microphone. That was that was the beginning of Monique because you was owning. Did you know that's what you were doing? What I knew I was doing was walking in my dream. The microphone said it's possible. When I stood in my bathroom mirror and I wrapped the towel around me and it didn't go all the way. <laughs> I wasn't devastated. Okay, I don't know if they just didn't have enough money to buy me a whole damn towel, but but I would still stand and that was my gown. Right. And I would pick up that brush and I would say, I would like to thank. So I've always seen it. You, did you always know that you were... You all, was Oscar always in the back of your mind? Did you always... Oscar was never in my mind. You just wanted to be in TV? You wanted to be in show business? What What aspect did you want to do? I wanted to be famous. I loved what it looked like with people being famous. I didn't know to say, I want to be wealthy with the fame. Right. I didn't know to be specific to ask for it, but I wanted to be famous. Who did you know that looked like Monique that was famous? Oprah Winfrey. So do you see how far this relationship goes mm -hmm. that's who i knew that looked like me see i didn't when people always ask me about the oscar right but no one ever asked me about the image award no one ever said to me what did it feel like when they called your name for the naacp image award and they were people that looked like me right. because we put so much weight on that award that we it's such an honor and it's an honor for any award right not just that one, but as a little girl, I never watched the Oscars because nobody looked like me. Won winning. It. So I was like, this is not for right. me, oh, but when I watched the Image Award, baby, those people look like me. Right. The BET Awards, those people look like me. Mm -hmm. So I was honored the first time they called my name for an Image Award. When I tell you, Shannon, that night, baby, when they <laughs> called this little fat girl name from Baltimore and the winner goes to, the award goes to Monique, well, listen here. I got so good with them calling my name and this is what had to humble me. You will get humbled, baby, when you just think they get ready to call your name. I had won it like three years in a row. This the fourth year. Uh-oh. Let me situate myself and my hey, chair. Right? Do I look good? So good. here come the category. Okay. <laughs> hey, baby. The best actress in a sitcom. They named me, Tisha Campbell, and I cannot remember the other sisters, right? I know they get ready to say, and the award goes to Monique. So I got to, because I'm a big girl, you got you to scoot up. Yeah, yeah. So you can be ready to push up, right? right? So I scoots up. Get my gown together. And the winner is Tisha Campbell. I said, all right, girl, go on and get that. <laughs> that humbled my ass and sat right back down. But I, I, it, it was never the Oscar for me, baby. Right. It was never the Oscar for me. So how did stand-up happen? Stand-up happened on a dare. My brother came home one day and said he went down to uh, the comedy club okay. to do open mic night. Mm -hmm. And he did so bad. He said they was booing me, but I was six beers in, so I thought the booze was applause. So my boy had to say, man, nah, bro. this is stinking, right? What? So we cleaning out the pool, and he says, um, I said, if I was there, I would have said, and that was 30 minutes of what I would have said. 
Then he said, I dare you to go down next Wednesday and do open mic night. It was a club called Burks in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I went down that next Wednesday, Shannon, and I got a standing ovation. And from that moment to this moment. Were you hooked? I was. I was. It is nothing like, and I'm sure you can appreciate it, understand, when you walk out on that football field mm -hmm. and you walk and you smell it and you walking into it and you, that little boy in you says, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm still there. That little girl in me is still saying, I'm here, but I'm a grown woman. Right. And I'm saying now that I'm here, you got to pay for it fairly. If not, I'm good. I just have to walk away. How much, how different is that Monique? Not just in age, yes. but how different is that Monique to the one that's sitting right here on this couch? Oh, she grew up. That she, one was naive. Were you ever naive? Yes. 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 When you first come to Hollywood, Shannon, and... I got a show called The Parkers after mm. I was in Hollywood less than 90 days. <coughs> wow. 90 days. And you have agents and you have managers and you have attorneys, right? And they're telling you all the good things. And anybody, everybody always said to me, you want to get the syndication. Yes. You want to get the syndication. Once you get the syndication, you work because you want to work. Right. Right. So syndication is what? Five years, 100 episodes? Synd syndication is 100 episodes. Okay. Right. So that's all I knew. I didn't know to ask to be an executive producer of my own image. Oh, and nobody told dope. me. I didn't know to ask for that. I didn't know to ask for after the third year of being on a successful sitcom that you could say, I now need a bonus. I didn't know to even negotiate that, and no one told me to negotiate that. They're definitely not going to tell you. All they kept saying is, when you get the syndication, when you get the syndication, when you get the syndication. Well, three years in, the Parkers was in syndication. Now, no one told me that. You learn it once you open your eyes, because now I'm going around the country doing promos. The Parkers is coming on at 4 o'clock in your city. The Parkers will be on at 2.30 in Sacramento. Y'all, make sure y'all watch the Parkers. It's coming on. I'm not knowing I'm promoting the show in syndication. No one told me that. All we're doing is saying if we get to five years, we got to five years. 110 episodes, me and a beautiful young lady named Countess Vaughn, who was my baby to this day. We had the Laverne and Shirley law. Yeah. Right. You're supposed to be equal. Yeah. Once we got to the five years, our attorney, my attorney. Yeah. And the agents said, oh, the Parkers made money. Y'all going to get paid from the Parkers. It's made money. Okay. Years go by. By 2004, the Parkers, we went off the air in 2004, mm -hmm. right? In five years, by 2009, the Parkers had made $800 million. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay money, with me. Money. Money. Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on. Money. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Because we're waiting to get yeah, this yeah. money yeah, yeah. standing. Check oh, coming. check is coming. We get a call. We got to do an audit, you know, and everything. Okay. And that was in 2009 that it made $800 million. We're now in 2024. And they're trying to convince Countess Vaughn and I that that show made no money. No, no. Mm -mm. 
They're trying to convince us that a show that cost 65, roughly $65 million to make. In our last year of shooting the Parkers, Countess Vaughn and I made $55,000 a piece. That's it? How much were you making an episode? $55,000 an episode. Okay, so how many episodes did you shoot that last year? five years. That last year, we shot 22 episodes. Okay. We made $55,000 a piece at the end of a top-rated sitcom. Hold on, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. Are you saying you made $55,000 for 22 episodes, or are you saying you made $55,000 per episode? Because I want to make sure I'm hearing you Let correctly. me make sure you hear me correctly. We did 22 episodes. Yes. We were paid $55,000 per episode okay. for 22 shows. Okay. Okay? Okay, yeah. That's on a hit show. Right. That is unheard of. Yeah. Because we're two black women, I, I don't know to fight for it. Right. Countess is young. Countess is a baby right. in this business. So I don't know to say that. We should be making 100000 150000 an episode. So now today, y'all want to convince us that that show made no money? That show has made over $2 billion. And I'm, I'm guesstimating. And you want to convince us that our percentage we made no money, we can't allow that to happen. Right. That's why we're fighting. That's why we're saying, no, no, guys, we can't sit on our hands like that. Right. You know how many of us, when you watch Good Times, when you watch The Jeffersons, mm-hmm. when you watch Sanford and Son, whose family is benefiting from our images because the damn show ain't ours? Wow. You see why I fight the way I fight? Yeah. Because if it does not make sense, you have to explain it. And I'll go back to Tyler Perry. You know why Tyler Perry don't want to talk to my husband? Because he can't talk around him. My husband don't care nothing about that man's money. We don't care nothing about your title. We care about your character, brother. We care about your integrity. And what you going to pay? What, what you, what you going to pay? How you going to make it right? How you going to make it right? Because if I am your Aunt Mary... And I really belong to you as I really belong to you right now, Shannon. I am your sister. Mm-hmm. And you heard something that was wrong. Yeah. How how can Tyler Perry make it right, Mo? Give you a job, give you a, uh, uh, your sit, give you a sitcom, say, Mo, okay, you know what, Mo? Sitcom, you're going to be the executive producer. I'm going to be a co-executive producer. You're going to do the sitcom. If somebody cost you, Shannon Sharp, millions of dollars. Yes. Do you want to be compensated for what they cost you for a lie? And a rumor? Yeah. So at that time, I was making roughly between two and three million dollars a year. Right. I sat in that for over 12, for over a decade, like 12 years. Right. You do the math. Over a lie that he admitted that he told. Not something I'm making up. Mm-hmm. You admitted that, brother. How do you make that right? You got, I'm sure you got lawyers. Have you uh, had a conversation? Well, what happens is when you take somebody at their word, Time, time, time. We don't need to go to no lawyers, Tyler. You know what you did. Just make it right. Right. And if he doesn't make it right, what will our community do? What will our community say? Because today is me, tomorrow is you. Then what? We've got to hold him accountable. What did, what, 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 what Kat say? We've got to, you got to tell Tyler Perry, come on now. You got to do it, Shannon. You got to tell him. You got to tell it. This concludes the first half of my conversation. Part two is also posted and you can access it to whichever podcast platform you just listened to part one on. Just simply go back to Club Shay Shay profile and I'll see you there.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.